1: of Believe in Betting L.A., and we're going to talk some football here. Training camps have recorded. You can smell it in the air. You can also smell the humidity in the air here in Los Angeles. It's been extraordinarily hot. I was just telling Chris uh, before we got on for this episode that I was sitting in front of my air conditioning because it's 86 degrees in my apartment when I got home today. I'm your host, of course, Sam Max. So We're going to be just as hot on this episode with our hot takes as it is in my apartment. I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Chris Lewart of Stag Capital. How you doing tonight, Chris? I'm
0: going to say that you Angelinos don't know what humidity really is. Sam and I have been to the Midwest in the summer. That's humidity, folks.
1: Humidity is is prevalent, certainly, in the Midwest and the East Coast. Uh, but the Southeast is really as humid as it can possibly be. I remember uh, I went to a spring training Dodger Town Barrel Beach, Florida, uh, with my dad many years ago. And I was in, what, March? And that was probably the most humid, maybe the hottest I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, Columbia, Cartagena, and Caribbean in December was extraordinarily hot. So you're absolutely right, Chris. Way to put that in perspective. We really don't know (laughs) truly what humidity is, really truly what hot hot weather is uh, until you get out of uh, the Los Angeles basin. All right. Like we said, episode five of Believe in Bentley, we're going to talk some baseball. Most importantly, we're going to talk some football. The Melvin Gordon contract dispute carries on. They made him an offer today that Chris... Uh, we'll break it down for us a little bit deeper, and we're going to talk some NFL future odds. I know Chris said the boys at SADCAP don't love to tie up their money in future bets, but there's really nothing that's more fun to talk about than who's going to lead the league in passing yards, rushing yards, and receiving yards. We're also getting closer to fantasy football draft season. This is a great way to kind of warm up the brain, warm up those vocal cords to who you're going to be drafting as well because we're going to talk some guys who we think are going to be Sherlock's and, and some high upside long shots as well. So, again, this is Believe in Betting LA, Episode 5. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can find me on Twitter at smaxwell713. Chris Lure is at Dingo Rock. And, of course, SAG Capital is at SAG Cap. We're on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-B. They're at Believe Podcast on Twitter and at believe.com. And, of course, you can find this podcast wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart, you can also creep in and listen to me if you want to come in. Uh, I'm right in the next to an alley. So you can even get it live if you really want to be uh, very strategic <laughs> about this. Uh, wherever you really choose to get your podcast from. And, of course, just a no-shame shout-out to both of us. If you like this podcast, a five-star subscription rating would do us a great deal of good. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about baseball. Chris, last time. We spoke. It was on Saturday evening. We're recording this on Thursday, July 25th, about 6.30 p.m. The Dodgers and Angels were both coming off of a successful weekend series. They were playing against each other. Now we can talk about the Angels completing a four-game sweep this season of the Dodgers. The Angels winning both games at Dodger Stadium. Both were upset victories for the Angels. Let's talk about that. Are you worried at all? Chris, first, let's talk about the Dodgers. Worried at all about the Dodgers. Suddenly starting to slow down a little bit, maybe. They're playing about 500 ball the last couple of weeks. Are you concerned at all? How are you betting them as they move to the East Coast to play the Nationals? I
0: think I think that's something we've spoken about before. Is are they going to hit a little bit of a swoon? And I actually think it's credit to how good of a team they are. Is that maybe it won't really be a swoon? Maybe it'll be 500 ball. Maybe it'll be 450 ball, kind of for the rest of the season. And that's all they need to do. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna back into the playoffs, no problem. Um, so I think it's kind of reaching that point. It's, it's definitely the dog days. It's a million degrees outside. Um, those guys are ready to kind of, you know, they're making a trip East again. I think they're, I think they're putting it on cruise control at this point. Um, which only says to me that I will probably be betting the Dodgers left, right and center because the betting public will get nervous and will start fading the Dodgers. They don't look good or they lost to the angels or this, that, and the other thing. But I mean, those were, uh, Good games, right? Those were com- competitive baseball games. I don't think the Dodgers looked horrible. They got beat. The Angels looked really mm-hmm. good. Both um, one-run games:
1: five-four yeah. on Tuesday, three-two uh, yesterday. And it's worth saying as well. You know, we talked about how it was lined up to sweep the Marlins. Their three best pitchers were going. Guess what? Neither of their top three pitchers were winning against the Angels. And all three of these guys are slated to pitch this weekend in Washington as well.
0: Yeah, which yeah. So to me, says if you're looking to bet the Dodgers, uh, keep an eye on getting your money down on the Dodgers again shop for your price. Don't just take that first, first price you see. The value is what really drives what we want to bet and what we don't want to bet. Um, but I, I feel pretty confident going forward, especially in the next week or two, if the Dodgers continue to play kind of subpar ball, that you're just going to see better and better value on them. And again, that's the best position to be in. I love it when you can get one of the best teams in baseball on your side and get your money down on them. Without a
1: doubt. So the Dodgers, as we mentioned, they're playing. They're off today. They're playing a three-game series in Washington. Ryu going tomorrow. Clayton Kershaw on Saturday. A for Excuse me, one thirty-five local. First pitch on Sunday at ten thirty. Game Walker Buehler against Steven Strasburg. We oftentimes talk about traveling, early start times, time zones, crossing time zones. Do you have any strategy specifically for that Sunday game, which is going to be a ten thirty local tip? or first pitch, excuse me, uh, any strategy for that one particularly?
0: Yeah, that's probably going to end up being a ton of money on the Dodgers for Stag Capital uh, for that very reason, because people are going to say this is an early game in L.A. for L.A. Uh, this is their kind of getaway game. It's the last game of the series. Uh, Washington's been good, too. I mean, Washington's been playing really well lately. Uh, so I think that's where most of the money's going to come in on, especially because earlier in the day, right, the East Coast is going to be awake and betting. The West Coast, not mm-hmm. so much. Uh, that's a good so point. Yeah, so that is the situation where get you know wake up early for that, right? Like get your breakfast sandwich going, uh get your coffee up and uh place that bet, you know, 10 minutes before first pitch on the Dodgers. Um whether that be your props, you know, I like uh I like an over on Ks there uh on that late game, on that early game, I should say, but the last game of the series and I also like the Dodgers to to win the game, uh, don't forget to check your alt lines too. Alt lines sometimes in situations like that can provide tremendous value.
1: You pick up a breakfast sandwich. I'm going to stick to the old classic breakfast burrito. But we'll, both be, uh, good breakfast. Both, we'll yeah. both be putting money down on the Dodgers. That's so our we'll next transition over. <laughs> Let's transition over and talk about the Angels. Uh, you know, we, we talked about them last week. I said this is a surging team. Keep an eye on them. This is a team I could see making a run to a wild card and potentially being a good futures team. And then they lost a couple games in a row. I looked like an idiot. Now they're back as a hot team. They've won four straight. Um, Obviously, the emotion of Tyler Skaggs is probably long gone. But this is a team that's, I think, starting to put together. Any thoughts for the Angels moving forward? They're going to play a four-game series starting this evening against one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball in the Baltimore Orioles.
0: Yeah, the Orioles are the worst team in baseball, for sure. And this is the same thing, kind of what I said uh, last week about the Dodgers playing the Marlins. Uh, the Angels, not quite the team that the Dodgers are, but the Orioles, are, <laughs> I think, are actually significantly worse than the Marlins, which is is saying something. Uh, I think the Angels will pound, uh, pound the Orioles. I think they're going to win all four games um again hunt for the value but i as a matter of fact i have the angels tonight i have it on both the uh, angels plus one half alt line and the angels minus two half alt line so i've got a fair amount of money down on them uh, money where my mouth is sort of thing and really believe that they're going to take care of business uh for no other reason than they're just the better team um they're going to play good baseball they're at home they're feeling good they just beat their crosstown rivals uh, I think this is the sort of situation where everybody's looking to pad their stats. You know, guys are looking to hit home runs. Guys are looking to to drive up uh, drive up their stats, get their on-base up there so that they can hit those yearly incentives. And the Orioles is the type of team you do that on.
1: That's exactly right. And I don't know if uh, you could hear or the audience can hear, uh, my dog Dexter was barking during that segment. He clearly likes the Angels as well. Or, or could it has been Amazon delivering a package? But we'll go for the former. I think the, the Orioles are just dreadfully awful. And the Angels are going to be a heavy favorite and likely all four of these games. Um, I think you're right. I think the Angels are are a good bet. Uh, They play that four-game series against the Orioles, and then they round out uh, their homestand with a three-game series early next week against the Tigers. Angels are certainly looking up and a great team to bet on right now before the public kind of, I think, turns their eye back towards them. Let's shift gears here. Let's talk about the National Football League, where we're going to remain for the rest of the show, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers. We're staying local here. And Melvin Gordon officially did not show up to training camp, so clearly he is serious about this potential holdout. The team, there was a report last week, I think it was by Yahoo, uh, saying the team is digging in and they do not plan on giving him the contract he desires. However, there was a contract offer made today. Chris, you have a little bit more details about this. What was that contract offer? And if you were Melvin, if you were the team, would you come to terms?
0: Yeah, so it was, uh, I kind of just read the headline in the first couple first couple sentences as I was uh, leaving the office, but it looked like they were going to make an offer to Melvin that was going to put him as like the fifth or sixth highest paid running back in the NFL, which is basically exactly what he is. He's probably the fifth or sixth or seventh best running back in the NFL. Um, obviously, how much incentives, how much are guaranteed, things like that play a large role. You know, he's probably not just getting 10 million guaranteed, but I think that's a totally fair offer. Um, Pending the details, that's the sort of thing that I think should get Melvin in camp. You know, in the next couple of days, uh, I'm sure they'll comb through it. I'm sure they'll posture and say they want more money. But at the end of the day, that's that, that to me shows goodwill in the front office, right? They've been working on it from a couple of weeks, is what the article said. Uh, I think players and and organizations appreciate when details like that aren't getting leaked every day. Um, so I think that's something he should jump on. And I think it's also, we'll get to it here in a minute, but also plays into a, a future but on old Melvin. hundred
1: mm-hmm. percent. We're going to transition into it. Very nicely done there. Uh, and, and I really, you know, just to be serious here, I really do hope Melvin Gordon comes to terms. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, and he's a really important piece of this Chargers team that has Super Bowl aspirations this season. I don't think that's hyperbole. I do think the Chargers, you can make the argument, are the most talented team, top to bottom, in the NFL and they need their starting running back to make a run like that. Now, Chris made that transition, and we're going to talk about NFL futures here, specifically who is going to lead the league in passing yards, in rushing yards, and receiving yards. Uh, We are going to talk about it from a specific L.A. angle. We both have a couple of local players on on, uh, our list. Uh, However, of course, if the value is not there, we're not going to recommend it. Let's start here with the most important position in all of professional sports, and that's the quarterback position. You have a strong take here for one of the local guys uh, of the two Los Angeles teams as a good pick to potentially lead the NFL in passing yards. Who is that pickers?
0: So it's where I think the value is going to end up lying as we get closer to the season. But I like Phillip Rivers. So we were checking Caesars Entertainment Lines, um, which had been out for about a month at their sports book. I wasn't able to find exact lines on some of the sites that we check for kind of true value or, or fair lines, as we like to say, but... That's a situation where I think, again, right, the Chargers are poised to do well. They legitimately think they have Super Bowl aspirations. They looked like a really good team last year. Yes, Rivers has 12 kids. Yes, he's getting older. (laughs) But, I mean, the guy is fearless chucking the ball. He'll throw it. He's one of those sneaky guys that at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he's only thrown the ball about 17 times, and then he unleashes it for another 45 in the fourth quarter. Just chucks it left, right, and center. And the Chargers are a good team. And if you can get a price that's better than, you know, 18 to 1 or 20 to 1 on Rivers, uh, that's something I think could be really appealing for a guy that's getting to the end of his career and is just going to completely press it.
1: So here's my only concern about Rivers. And to the detriment of this bet is actually complementing the team. And I think the Chargers are truly one of the best teams in the NFL. I think this team's going to cruise the 12 to 13 wins. I think this defense is elite at all three levels. And I think this running game with or without Melvin Gordon is good enough to grind the clock in the fourth quarter. When I bet players to win a type of thing like this, specifically in passing yards, I'm looking for players that are on bad teams, that have bad defenses, that are going to be in catch-up mode in the second half. And I don't see that for Phillip Rivers in the Chargers. I see him going out in the first quarter, grinding, making big throws, throwing touchdowns. I think he's going to be a sensational player on in real life this year. I think he's going to be a great fantasy asset, a very safe fantasy asset. Do I see him throwing for 5,000 yards? Probably not, because I think this team is going to be too good to be throwing deep into a lot of games. That's my thought there on Phillip Rivers. Uh, now, my number one bet here is uh, a, a very good player that actually had a down year last year, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Um, in the odds that we were looking at, it's 10 to 1. I don't know if I'd bet that, but I'm looking for more like 15 to 18 to 1. And look, we had the coming out party of Patrick Mahomes last year. We have a lot of good young quarterbacks in the league currently. Aaron Rodgers is still the best quarterback. Pound for pound, as far as I'm concerned. Did I love the hiring of Matt LaFleur? No. Do I love the receiving staff and core outside of Devonta Adams? No. Do I like the defense of the Packers? I do actually like the defense of the Packers. However, I do think they're going to be a team that's in a lot of competitive games. I still think pound for pound, like I said, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. He threw for 44-42 yards last year. That was only about 700 yards off the pace. Uh, for number one, and that actually, believe it or not, do you know just real quickly here? Do you know who led the league in passing yards last year? It's not who you think it is. Just, just to give you a little hint.
0: <sighs> who led the league in passing yards? Was it? Uh, God, I have no idea. I'm trying to think of somebody obscure, and all this coming to mind so is, the, is the big the, guys.
1: The obvious. If we were playing Family Feud in the street right now, ninety percent would say Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He was second. He was behind. Ben Roethlisberger led the league. And granted, he threw uh, about 100 times more than Patrick Holmes last year. He had 675 attempts. That's who (laughs) led the league last year. I don't think Big Ben's going to repeat that this year. And I don't think Mahomes is either. There's some regression coming there. So I like Rodgers. He's only about 600, 700 yards off the pace there. I think he's going to bounce back this year. I think this is going to be a team that's going to be fighting for their lives in a lot of very competitive games and those for the kind of guys that I look for to win a bet like this. Uh, so my number one is Rodgers here. Let's move on. Same division. Let's talk about a good bet for you. And this is uh, not your home or not our hometown currently, uh, but your hometown, of Chicago. And that's Mitch Trubisky at 30 to one. Tell me why you like the third-year player out of North Carolina.
0: All right. So I am not, as my friends would tell you or anybody, that I am not a big Mitch Trubisky fan. However. If I'm looking for a good price and a 30 to one is not that price, you know, 50 to one, 60 to one might be that price. on old Mitch, the only case I can make is that for some reason, the Bears turn into a good throwing offense and just chuck it everywhere. And Matt Nagy unleashes his genius even further. You know, he's gone on uh, local Chicago radio and TV and said a bunch of times that it takes You know, two or three years to get his system fully installed, and that's the reason he kind of had the reins on Mitch last year. And does Mitch finally show up and be the quarterback that the Bears decided to trade 21 picks for when nobody else was going to draft him? And I'm still sour (laughs) about that. I don't care how good the Bears are now. It still would have been great to have those picks. Ryan Pace, don't trade picks for no reason. This is not fantasy football. Um, Hey, even if it's
1: fantasy football, don't trade picks for no (laughs) reason. That's draft capital. That's, That's what teams are telling you they value. Um, I really like Mitch Ravisky this year. I think he's going to be an outstanding uh, fantasy quarterback. I think he's going to be a QB1. But that's primarily because I think his legs are going to carry him through yep. the day. Now, to be fair to Mitch, he put together, believe it or not, the best four-game stretch of any fantasy quarterback in the history of the NFL, believe it or not. That was when he went on that insane run last year when he had that game with, like, four or five touchdowns. He came back and had three yards, two touchdowns. I think he's a great pick in fantasy football. Thirty to one to lead the league in passing yards. Yep. I'm sorry, I don't see it. And again, this is a team with a very good defense that wants to run the ball. Uh, so I don't think he has the makings of leading the league in passing yards. Now I'm going to talk about someone on the complete opposite side, and that's a young, a sending quarterback with a porous defense, with a newly installed offensive genius at head coach. It's a much maligned quarterback. He spent time in and out of the starting lineup last year. So a lot of people will, will puke in their car when they hear this. But Jameis Winston, he is a guy who throws the ball downfield. He is a guy who is a gunslinger. He's a guy who's not afraid to throw the ball. He's got a very strong cast in his receiving core, very complimentary to his skills. You have Sean Jackson, Gompi. You still have Mike Evans. You have another ascending player, in Chris Godwin. You have a breakout candidate in O.J. Howard. You have a couple of different scat backs who I think are going to prove to be very strong pass-catching backs. And this is just an offense that's going to need it because this defense is severely understaffed. <laughs> it's a very good division. I think they're going to be playing catch up uh, throughout the year. It's also got strong weather. Jameis Winston right now is at 15 to 1. I think he needs to be more like 8 to 1. I think you're getting a lot of value here. He could easily throw for 5,000 yards. This is a guy who's going to be throwing the ball many times a game. I think he's a very strong bet. Um, do you have a third one here? Chris, or do you want to move on to my third and final one for our best bets to, to yeah, really best mo- best
0: bets? Yeah, let's move on to your third.
1: All right. So for me, this is another player, a young player. That's Carson Wentz. I think he's finally passed some of his injuries. He's had back issues, he's had other issues. Uh, Carson Wentz has a phenomenal supporting cast. And their defense is strong, but they're gonna have some games I think that are gonna be very competitive as well. You add Deshaun Jackson, that's a cheat code for receiving yards. He seems to make every quarterback better, except for ironically. Jameis Winston, who had the <laughs> lowest quarterback rating of any quarterback that Sean Jackson has been a part of. Carson Wentz, I think, is a good bet to win the MVP this year. So that's why I like him. At 30-1, to 1, I think there's value there. I don't necessarily think he's the same running quarterback. He's, you know he, he's, he's been through the ringer now with injuries. I don't think he's going to run like his hair's on fire like he used to, which means he's going to throw the ball downfield more. And he has some great receivers there. He's got Ertz. He's got Alshon Jeffrey. He's got local boy Nelson Aguilar, of course. Local boy Deshaun Jackson as well. And this is an offense that I just love, Doug Peterson. So just to recap it here, Chris likes Rivers at 14-1-ish to 1-ish or better. And Mitch Trubisky, I like Aaron Rodgers, James Winston, and Carson Wentz. Now let's talk about the backfields here. We both have some local players. Let's start with Melvin Gordon We, we teased it earlier. Um, now keep in mind, if he misses games, that's going to be priced into this, which is why I think we'll both agree that he's a great value right now.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what we're, we're banking on, right? Is that as we get closer to the season, as, you know, unless he takes this seemingly very fair offer, right, as his odds will start to get better or worse, as it were, worse and worse for him to make all the games. And if people think he's going to miss games or Vegas thinks he's going to miss games, all of a sudden Melvin Gordon to lead the league in rushing is going to go up, you know, 30 to 1, 35, 40,
1: 45 to 1. That's and that's a... Because they
0: can yeah. literally come to terms at any time. That's right. And that's the sort of thing that, you know, five days before the first game, he ends up signing a contract. He gets in there and you've got this outstanding price that, you know, that's the sort of thing. That's exactly how stag cap traps it, draws it up. That's exactly what we want to see happen.
1: Absolutely. Um, and again, we all hope Melvin Gordon will be on the field. And if so, you're getting a lot of value because he's going to go right back to being, you know, a 20 to 1, 15 to 1 type of player because uh, he's typically right up there for, for rushing yards and, and rushing attempts. Um, I'm going to talk about the other side of the L.A. football landscape. and That's Todd Gurley. Now, when you look at what, you know, speaking of draft capital, when you look at what teams are doing, they can say one thing and mean a different thing. The only thing we know is what they're doing with their money and what they're doing with their draft capital. And what the Rams told us is that they were worried about Todd Gurley, or at the very least, they want to bring in somebody else to not be so reliant on Todd Gurley. They matched Malcolm Brown's offer sheet with the Detroit Lions. He was a restricted free agent. He was before the Sean McVay era, so they didn't owe anything to him. There's no draft capital invested in him. That was eye-opening. Then they trade up to get Daryl Henderson, who a lot of people in the draft evaluation process compared very favorably to Alvin Kamara. So a lot of people started freaking out about Todd Gurley. However... And, and, and I'm not saying I'm not one of those people, but I think it's gone so far one way that now Todd Gurley is almost underrated. You're getting him in the mid-second round of fancy drafts. He's got a lot of value in a prop like this. I mean, look, the Rams are going to ride Todd Gurley uh, until they can no longer. They have a lot of money invested in him. They want to keep him fresh. But what if Todd Gurley comes out there and he's just fine? And it's just arthritis right his knee and they manage it. This is a guy that we know is going to get volume. We know is a part of a great offense. We know is a team that's going to run the ball in the fourth quarter because they're going to be ahead quite a bit. Um, and it's not necessarily division that scares me either. There's not a lot of great defenses, including that Seattle defense that's been so good in recent years. They're going to be very porous this year as well. Todd Gurley is a great bet here just because it's so obvious. It's one of those things that's hiding in plain sight. It's almost too obvious to really have people take advantage of that. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about your second one here. We're going to stay in the NFC West, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Let's talk about it here, Chris.
0: Yeah, and that's what I like David Johnson for is I think he was a top two, top three running back last year before he got injured. Uh, Going very high, you know, what, first, second, third pick in fantasy drafts everywhere. Uh, Can catch it, can run it. Um, Cardinals, not a great team, but that's the sort of thing that when you've got a Kyler Murray who I just can't imagine, them. uh, you know, first round pick or not, first pick or not that they're going to just let him throw the ball 50 times a game. Right. I think there's going to be that's a what heavy... they're saying though. Yeah. <laughs> they're I, know I just like, yeah. when does that ever happen? I get, I get new coach. Like it just never, it never works that way. Right. Like maybe they do that in preseason. Maybe they do that for the first couple games. Maybe they do it late in the season. Right. When they only have three wins or something like that. Um, But I just can't imagine that any if you want to keep your job, Cliff Kingsbury, like you have to unless you're unless you're Bill Belichick, you're going to have to coach like everybody else, which is I could get fired at any moment.
1: Well, Uh, to go back to that, he actually did get fired from Texas Tech (laughs) and ends up getting an NFL head coaching job. Yeah. Uh, So so, who next?
0: Yeah. Next, he'll be uh, he'll be running the league so you can just keep failing up there. Uh, Mr. Kingsbury good on you but I just I, I think he's too talented I know he's coming off a, a knee injury but uh, I think he's just so good I think he's just such a good running back and I think that team is going to desperately need him uh, at Caesars we're seeing 22 to 1 again I'd like to see it at 25 28 30 to 1 but I, I really like him as a player he's a guy that I'm going to be targeting fantasy for sure
1: this is all purpose yards I think you're absolutely on to something uh, again This is a poor team. This is a team with a bad, bad defense. They might be the worst in the entire NFL, especially considering the type of pace Cliff Kingsbury wants to run. I'm going to stay away from that one, but I I do like him this year uh, in terms of touches and volume and yards. I'm going to give you one more here that I like that's realistic, and I'm going to give you a really good long shot one. I'm going to start with a realistic one, and that's Aaron Jones. I'm sticking with this Green Bay Packers offense. Look, Aaron Jones, one of the most efficient running backs in the entire league for whatever reason. Last year's Packers and the year before that, Packers, wants to have a committee. They want to give Jamal Williams the ball. Aaron Jones is electric. He's explosive. You, The casual NFL fan you know, may not know who he is, but watch this kid's tape. He is truly, pound for pound, one of the most talented running backs in the entire NFL. This is an offense I think is going to be excellent. I think he's going to get a lot of touches this year. I think the odds will be there for him. My long shot comes from the team that actually led the league in rush attempts last year, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. Mike Davis is gone. He's in the, the Chicago Bears now. Chris Carson's already dealing with an injury. He's a very violent runner. He's injured a lot. If Chris Carson is banged up, or let's just say even Rashad Penny is the top half of this RBBC. Rashad Penny at 150-1, let's not forget here, he was a first-round draft pick a year ago. People were talking him up as potential Rookie of the Year candidate. He came on the end of the season he was uh, very overweight to training camp last year. This year, the reports have been good. Rashad Penny can easily get 15 to 18 carries per game. That puts him in the discussion to lead the league in rushing yards. This is an absolute slam dunk in terms of value at 150 to 1. I can, re- I think he may return value there. Let's move on. Let's talk about receiving yards here. Let's start with your number one, Chris, and that's going to be someone coming off an injury here, but who was actually one of the top receivers in the entire NFL Probably the first couple of weeks of last season. That's Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams.
0: That's right. Uh, I think Mr. Cup was the favored receiver in the Ram offense. Uh, a lot of catches, a lot of yards, late in game A lot of touchdowns those, too. A lot he, of touchdowns. Yeah, red zone
1: uh, guy for that offense.
0: Yep, I that. another guy that I, I rode hard in fantasy and paid dividends until he got hurt. Um, I think that's the sort of thing where you're, you're just going to have a bounce back year, right? I don't think Jared Goff is is going to slow down throwing it to him in a second. He had a ton of success. He's going to see him back out there again. I think he's going to feed him and feed him and feed him. And, you know, you got to stay healthy, obviously, and it's tough running those, those underneath routes in the NFL. You get banged up a lot. But I think if he stays on the field, uh, I actually think this is a team that's going to throw the ball more. Uh, I think they have potentially learned their lesson from giving Todd Gurley the ball too many times and then not having him for the playoffs. Uh, at 100% and they might fade that a little bit and and you're going to see less girly and more more West Coast style, right? These short passes and Coops a, uh, a guy who can take it and run with it, right? And get those uh, yak. So uh, he's a guy that I like a lot, especially 50 to one. This is the first price that I'm actually pretty excited to see straight up.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he he's not going to be out in the field in two receiver sets. Guess what? The Rams lead the league in three receiver sets. So he's essentially a starter. Uh, they don't, you know, I like Gerald Everett, but they don't really have, a high-volume tight end. Jared Goff's going to be slinging the ball down the field. If he's healthy, which he did avoid, the early season PUP, which is extremely impressive because he was injured last October with an ACL. Um, I think you're right. That's a good bet. You know, him, Cooks, uh, and, and Robert Woods are all going to be, you know, 1,000-yard guys. If there's an injury to another one of these guys, a different one of these guys, yep. all of a sudden you're talking about Cooper Cup potentially in that 1,300, 1,400-yard 1, range. He is right there in, this, in the discussion. So I think that's a good value bet there as well. Uh, I'm going to start with someone who I think, uh, you know, is is a heavy favorite. This is chalk, but that's Juju Smith-Schuster. That's former Trojan and L.A. native Juju Smith-Schuster. Antonio Brown has gone. There's no more A.B. in Pittsburgh. We talked about it last year, early in the show. Big Ben led the league in passing yards a year ago. He threw the ball 675 times. Do I think Juju can get a lot more targets? Probably not. He was already in the 160s last year. Maybe he can get up to the 180, 190 range. That's a lot of targets, but I think he can do it. He's six to one, so I know he's chalk. But this kind of fits everything I'm looking for: a quarterback that's going to sling the ball downfield, a quarterback that locks in on his lead receiver. That's Juju, an ascending player, a third-year player. That's Juju. A defense that's not the greatest. That's the Steelers. So I think Juju at six to one is still a pretty good bet here. Uh, and I'm going to talk about, since we talked about the, the Cardinals earlier, I'm going to go ahead and slide in here and take a second one: Christian Kirk at seventy-five to one. Yes, I know he's only a second-year player. He ran a very similar system. To this air raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury is going to install here in Arizona at Texas. Uh, he ran that Texas Tech. Christian Kirk, of course, was at AM. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot. He's going to be moved all over the field. And again, this is a Cardinals team that's going to be running a lot of plays. They're going to be down in a lot of games. I think Christian Kirk is 75-1 is a really good long shot bet. Let's talk about a non-traditional player that you think maybe has a chance to lead the league in receiving yards. And that's a tight end. Who is that tight end?
0: It's a little bit of a joke, uh, taking uh, George Kittle here for the Niners. Uh, Again, another guy I had in fantasy, so I ended up watching him a lot. Um, Your
1: fantasy has been brought up a few times today.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, I was good. Uh, I was great during the regular season. I think I only lost one game, but then in the second season started and, and the wheels completely fell off and I lost in the title game. I think I got smoked. But... Um, you know, George Kittle, I believe he was an Iowa guy, big 10 guy. Um, he lumbered. you know, he seems to catch everything thrown his way, you know, kudos to him for having great hands and just lumbers down the field. Right. To me, he looks slow. He looks like an offensive lineman, but somehow is uh, evading people and running down there. And this is one of those things that I just, you know, predict the 49ers kind of have like an eight and eight year, right. Or a six win year or something like that. And it's just like it gets silly, you know, for whatever reason. It's just Kittle every every play, every game, late in games, down touchdowns. It's just George Kittle, George Kittle, George Kittle, George Kittle. And something silly happens. And, you know, again, we're looking at odds here. Thirty five to one is basically criminal like, that needs to be about 80-1 to 1 to lead the league of receiving. I don't care how many receptions he has or how he looked last year. But that's the sort of thing, like, if you want to have some fun with it, if you want to be the guy who can post on Twitter late in the year when George Kittle is only, you know, he's second in receiving yards and only, you know, 50 yards behind Juju Susher smith And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is, is resting their players, right, that you look like an absolute genius and become a Twitter hero because you're posting that $100 ticket that you have on George Kittle to, to lead the league in receiving from tight end.
1: I mean, Kittle did finish 8th. In the league last year in reception yard at 1,377. That was only 300 behind our leader, Julio Jones. But I think that was a ceiling for him. He only had you know, 88 receptions. Uh, he had a couple of long catches. This is was a decimated receiving core uh, for San Francisco. You got Dante Pettis back. They drafted Devo Samuel. They drafted Jalen Hurd. You still have Marquise Goodwin there. I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. Uh, even even if you want to have fun, I think you're better off looking at a long shot receiver. Again, on a team that has bad defense that's going to throw the ball a lot Speaking of teams, are going to throw the ball a lot because they have a bad defense. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think this is a good good team to look for value here. A lot of people forgot about this receiver because he's been injured. He's still an alpha male, big time receiver, and that's AJ Green. He's at twenty to one here. I think you're going to get more like twenty five to thirty to one here. He's going in the back of the third round, early fourth round of fantasy draft. That's why I think people are kind of having their tempered expectations for AJ Green. He is still definitely a chance to do this. Zach Taylor coming over from the Rams. Uh, the I was breathed on by Sean McVay coaching tree. Zach Taylor, um, and I, I just think this is a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. Now let's not forget that Andy Dalton is the quarterback here. I think he's an average, a good enough quarterback to to give a guy like this a chance. And I even like Tyler Boyd here. We're showing him at I think it was seventy-five to one. That's good value. Sorry, sixty to one for Tyler Boyd. Um, I don't think he's going to lead the, the league in receiving, but. Again, this is a team going to be down a lot, going to have a terrible defense, going to be throwing the ball a lot. Those are the kind of guys I look for, especially in a long shot candidate. Anyone else here that caught your eyes for any of these three here? You don't have to like them. Maybe guys you want to fade. Anyone else you want to talk about before we wrap up episode five?
0: You know, I don't think to to kind of follow up, if you're a believer in Aaron Rodgers, uh, keep an eye on Devontae Adams. Uh, I think he's supremely talented. He's my number number
1: one receiver in fantasy football this year.
0: Yeah, so if you want to play that case, if you want to play the Aaron Rodgers is really pissed off, he had a down year, he's making a ton of money, you know, did he get his coach fired, is he a malcontent, like that sort of thing. Rodgers comes from that same breed of Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, right, that, you know, invent mm-hmm. invent uh, slights against them that don't really exist, that think love the world, world is against them. Um, and if you can get a you know super sane Aaron Rodgers just destroying the league, Devontae Adams is going to be the beneficiary of that, and is just going to put up absolute monster numbers.
1: So I, I love Devontae Adams this year. I love this entire Packers offense. I even think there's value uh, for, for for the Packers as a whole because I think there's only one direction to go is up. Uh, so I think I, I like that call. That's a good call. Yep. All right. Well, that was a really fun episode. That's a, a, a quick, easy thirty minute plus episode. Hey, we were talking football. We were talking betting. Time flies. So, for Chris Lewart, for Stag Capital, for the Believe Podcast Network, this was episode five of Believe, Betting LA. And we're going to be back to talk some more football, more baseball coming up soon. But for now, have a great night.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.